0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 134 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was Chemist with their cover of Down in a Hole by Allison Chains. That's coming out on uh, a tribute album for Dirt, the, uh, the, the best Allison Chains album on Magnetic Eye Records. If you've seen the, the, the tribute albums they've done before, they did one for The Wall. I think they're doing one for Volume 4. These records have a lot of cool songs from cool bands. Uh, being reimagined, I guess they would say. And again, it comes out on Magnetic Eye Records and you should buy it for sure. But, but, uh, the reason I wanted to play Chemist on this episode is because Chemist comes up on this episode, specifically Ben Hutcherson, their guitar player. Um, something he said, cause they were the very Chemist, ben, ben Hutcherson of Chemist was the very first guest, musical guest that was ever on Getting It Out podcast back on like episode 23 or 25, somewhere in there. So, uh, That conversation came up in this conversation. So I decided, you know what? This whole episode is going to be Denver uh, Doom Metal, basically. So uh, we got some chemists here, Primitive Man as the feature, and a little In the Company of Serpents uh, to close things out. So that's what's happening on this episode. Uh, The main thing here is an interview with Ethan McCarthy of Primitive Man. Um, If you're not familiar with them by now, um, you might be asleep because they've been at it for a while and uh, putting out lots of records. Lots of quality records, but we'll get into all that. All right, let's just go into the damn thing. I really like that cover. Uh, It sounds different. It sounds like the original... I can tell it's the original, but it's not the same, you know. which <laughs> just seems like a pretty obvious thing to say, but uh, it's important. When bands cover songs, sometimes it's, it's exactly the same, and that makes it kind of ridiculous. Sometimes it calls for that, though. I don't know. It's just uh, Dirt by Allison Chains is, a, is an important record. Maybe it's just my age. Maybe it's just uh, my generation. But I, I think, like, when you look back at records that came out in, uh, in the 90s, and, you know there's like some obvious ones that were huge and still are and rightfully so but there there's some that that weren't and maybe should have been and some that were and definitely shouldn't have been um there there's probably some records from uh from I don't know sponge that people shouldn't have bought so many of they had that song plowed right was this is this even the same era I don't know but you know what I'm saying um, but dirt by Allison chains definitely uh, stands above a lot of them not even for a grunge record. Like I, I, I feel like they were unfairly categorized as grunge, but, uh, but at the time it also made sense. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but fortunately, I'm going to talk to somebody who does know what he's talking about on this episode, and uh, that's, that's what we're getting into here. You might notice that there are a lot of long songs on this episode, and that's because we had a, we, we, we got a theme, like I said, is, is doom metal, Denver doom metal. And uh, doom metal, as you may, uh, as you should know, uh, tends to be on the longer side as far as tracks go, and uh, that's what's happening here. So, um, if you're like, "Hey, hey, this, these songs seem to be dragging out," that's the point. Okay, welcome to the genre. So, um, rather than uh, dilly dally and uh, tell you things that uh, you don't need to hear, let's just uh, move straight forward. I'm going to play you. The, uh, the, the, the lead off track on Primitive Band's new record Immersion, which comes out today actually. Uh, this track is called The Lifer, and then we'll just go straight into my conversation with Ethan. <laughs> Thanks for being willing to do this. Now this is the one I had to cancel on you last week, so I appreciate.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's no problem. In the shit happens.
0: Yeah, good, good. Well, fuck. I mean, I don't know. You're you're in Denver, right? So you're you're a different time zone than I am. Yeah, yeah. It's ten o'clock here. Ten o'clock. Okay, that's not too bad. I hope I didn't wake you up. Oh hell no, dude. I'm up <laughs> at like six o'clock in the morning every day. Good. All right. Look, so so am I. And it annoys the shit out of me when I. T- I don't know why. I don't know why. Whatever. Why, why I care what time other people wake up. But when I talk to people and they're like, "Yeah, I just got out of bed and it's fucking noon," it's it's that it bothers me.
1: Um, you know, I. I don't know. I mean, me too, kind of. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that is. It's like, can you hear me still? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, it's because. I'm fucking jealous, <laughs> you know, jealous that I can't do it, but it it's mostly because I'm just like, what the fuck, you just lost, like, so many hours of daylight.
0: Yeah, so for me, as soon as I get to about, if I get to, like, 9.30 and I didn't start getting something done, then it starts to feel unproductive, and, and like, look, I'm not even the most fucking productive person there is. I, my, my wife makes me look like a, a loser, you know what I mean? But... Mm-hmm. but uh but still like the, the, you can you can do shit half the day is gone by 10 o'clock but whatever yeah Fuck yeah no people. i mean i'm the same
1: way man <laughs> if, if noon if it's especially bad like if noon comes and i haven't done a lot i'm like oh you just the day's done
0: wait it's, yeah it's shoot. over you might as well go back to sleep yeah, yeah. <laughs> well good well uh well good i'm glad i'm glad we're both on the same page with that one um but yeah obviously so obviously i'm calling you to talk about uh you you primitive man and your new record uh immersion immer- why am i saying that wrong immersion immersion yep immersion there. all right so um, well actually you know i gotta tell you i wanted to talk to you for a while and there's a there's a couple reasons for that one of them is on the the this this is getting it out podcast by the way and on the very first episode that i had a guest on which is was episode like 20 something so over over 100 episodes ago so it goes back uh, about two years um, the first guest I ever had on was uh, Ben Hutcherson from Chemist. Oh,
1: cool! Yeah, Did and
0: you. yeah, yeah. And and on that one, I was asking him about the the Denver music scene, just Denver heavy metal scene, and immediately he gave all, not all credit, but most, a lot of the credit to you. And uh, and I quote, called you the the Godfather of the scene in Denver. <laughs> and so it was, <laughs> it's
1: very nice.
0: So so I wanted to talk to you because of that and then and then going back a little farther, back when um when I back when I was living in Baltimore and it was before Scorn really came out, I think. Um my good friends one of my good friends, Dom, who ran 8389 records, and I were talking and he was talking about uh, like bands that he wished he had signed. And he was telling me that it was before like I said, before he came out with scorn, he was telling he was saying that Dylan Walker from, from Full of Hell told him that he, he should look into primitive man and he didn't and he regretted it. I know eventually he put out a record with you guys, but, but so anyway, so I've always had this interest in, in your band and then Ben upped it by calling you a godfather. <laughs> so, so here we are. <laughs> right on, man.
1: Well, thank you for finally getting to me. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> of course. So, um, but if, so, so knowing a little bit about you, I, I know that you yourself have been involved in, uh, in heavy music in general for, for a really long time, but, but, um, when did Primitive Man actually get started? 2012.
1: 2012? Mm-hmm. That's when we, when we kind of had everybody. I had the first jam with the original drummer, like December of 2011. And then we kind of, you know, the holidays happened and shit. And then yeah. I think I went on like my last Brian tour. And then, uh, and then yeah, 2012, it really kind of started to kick off.
0: So how old are you when that's happening?
1: 28.
0: 28. Okay, so we're probably, it sounds like we're about the same age. Um, So you, you but I think I've heard you mention before that you, you got into heavy music in general pretty young?
1: Yeah, super young. I had an older brother that was exposing me to this shit as early, as like two years old. So I grew up around metal, and I've always loved it, and I started buying my own tapes and shit in elementary school, you know, so.
0: Do you remember the first tape that you bought?
1: Yeah, I remember the first set of tapes I bought. Uh okay. I got White Zombie Lost Extra still. I got a Nirvana single for Lyceum. Yeah. Because I didn't know any better. Just like wasted my money on yeah. a fucking <laughs>
0: tape single.
1: <laughs>
0: um, on a single.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh and um, Metallica Master of Puppets. And I think that's it. My brother bought me the Offspring tape for uh, that Smash for Christmas. Yeah, when I think when I was in, like fifth grade. So those are the first set of tapes that I had.
0: That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good pool for for the first round.
1: Not nothing. I mean, yeah, n- nothing embarrassing think, in there. No, I mean, I still like Nirvana. I still like White Zombie. I still love Metallica. That record specifically, like, Dude, Master of Puppets is... Is a, is such a defining record for me, so you know I still like most of the
0: shit. I think I do pretty good. Um, I, I'd, I'd say so. I think I don't think mine would be. I I remember the first tape. I remember the first tape that I got. I don't think I bought it with my money, but I remember being in the wall, which was the you know the chain store in the malls at the time, and asking my dad which one I should get, MC Hammer or Vanilla Ice, and ah uh, yeah, and he 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 you know. Was insulted by the idea that I should get vanilla ice, so I got an MC Hammer tape. But you know, yeah. Master of Puppets was a bit cooler.
1: Yeah, I had an LL Cool J tape too. <laughs>
0: That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so, so when, when did you when did you yourself actually start playing music?
1: Um, fifth grade, so like eight years old or something.
0: And was that the guitar?
1: Yeah. Well, no. I started playing the saxophone, hated that shit, and then my brother uh, gave me an acoustic guitar. And then I stuck with the guitar. Uh, so
0: Nice. I remember playing saxophone in fourth grade, and that's the only year I played it because I as well hated it and uh, never looked back.
1: I just didn't like the instructor, I think. When I look back on it now as an adult, I just had such a shit music instructor, but it just was really discouraging, and uh, so I just was like, you can't rock with this fucking thing, (laughs) and, and you know,
0: (laughs) very, (laughs) some some people can, but very few, historically Uh, not a lot of rock and saxophonists,
1: I mean, other than that dude that did the Lost Boys song, yeah, (laughs) uh, I can't figure his name right now, I don't know, Fucking think yeah, but you air. you might
0: you might not be able to think of his name, and I don't think many other people that will hear this can think of his name. But everybody can picture him, and that's what's most important. Uh, yeah, is, is uh, having I'm an image. A yeah,
1: hard ass. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> fucking giving it to the. <laughs> fucking giving the sacks a whole new image, and then Bill Clinton right. came along and ruined it. But you know, i'm fucking it up. So, no, so I mean
1: I, I like saxophone and like other other styles of music, but you know what I'm saying, man. For heavy shit, like I mean the, the heaviest sax I've ever heard
0: is some 5 <laughs> Well, no, what's that? What's the dude? Uh, there's one like big uh, saxophonist. Is that even the f- right phrase? Am I using the right term? Saxophonist, saxist. Um, and having, maybe, what's, maybe. what's what's his fucking name? Uh, Yakuza. Uh, he's in Corrections oh, House. Uh, you know, Lamont. Lamont.
1: You know what yeah. like, that dude is. I actually I take all of that back yeah. <laughs> Bruce Lamont has made That shit oh, I'm definitely Given that you know John Zorn Does some crazy shit I mean Whatever this is the 90s <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was young I didn't know
0: <laughs> Well we didn't have Bruce Lamont back then Now, Yeah, now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Shit so So were you When you started playing guitar, was that self-taught or were you learning from uh, you know, a traditional instructor?
1: I was self-taught for like a year. Then my mom got me a set of lessons and I learned some shit from the Mel Bay book. But then immediately was like, can you teach me how to play my favorite song? Yes. Yeah. And then I just like, I don't know, she didn't want to pay for it anymore. I probably had like six months worth of lessons and then she didn't want to pay for it anymore. So I just kind of just kept trying to do it myself and learn how to play by trying to figure out stuff by ear. And uh, I don't know, somewhere along the way, someone taught me a power cord, you know, <laughs> and I just kind of like, just kind of went from there. So I, I don't know any theory or anything, you know, I've, I've always just kind of done it by ear or, or whatever. Well,
0: that seems to be the way to go. Cause I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, the the other, <laughs> the other, the other option seems really hard. And uh, and with the same results. Although I guess there's there's some value to it. But so so when you start playing, uh, no, in... I, mean,
1: I grew up I grew up with dudes and learned how to play like you know with C and went to school and shit. And they, I mean they're great players, but I don't know,
0: it's not my thing. Right, right. <laughs> so when you when you you learn your you learn to play guitar, you start playing in bands. Um, when did you when did you know that you wanted to like Really go at it like that you that playing music was was going to be like the priority for you
1: I mean, dude, I have never wanted to do anything else even before I had a guitar I was like playing with a Ghostbusters proton pack making it go. <laughs> oah, oah, then it was a guitar. <laughs> like I've always wanted to play in a band. I Literally have never fucking wanted to do a single thing else so That's my official answer like I wish I could be like oh I used to want to do other shit. was like no, I never wanted to do other shit. I wanted to find a job that would enable me to do this
0: shit. Well, that's I mean that's that's great then if that's what you've been able to do because um, because you, you yourself you've been involved in quite a few quite a few projects that I mean a, a lot of people know of it. You, you yourself have, are kind of a prominent musician in in heavy metal at this point. Um, Just with Primitive Man alone, you've put out a shitload of records. Not many full lengths, but a shitload of records. And even since, in the space of, uh, what, eight years, it's a pretty significant body of work. Uh, You did a lot of splits, which I think is cool. Um, When you go to do, how do you determine, I don't know, that's kind of a weird question. How do you determine who you're going to do a split with, but you've done, I don't know, is that just something that just kind of develops organically?
1: Um, it just depends on the situation. Now we only do splits with bands that we know and are friends with. Back in the day, some of our earlier splits were just like a label asked us to do it or we wanted to try to get our music over in Europe, so we asked the band from over there to do it or, right, right. you know, this shit. But nowadays, it's really just about who who, uh, who we're friends with and, and whatnot.
0: So. right. Well, um the net but like like we said, the album that you got coming out and immersion comes out what is it, the fourteenth, August fourteenth? Yep. So, um with all with all the stuff you've done in the past, what is different about this record?
1: Well it is definitely the most emotional ass record I've ever been a part of. Um, super raw in the subject matter and the time period it was written was really difficult and um, I feel like it's like the culmination of my life of doing this shit mm-hmm. like I, I'm like the most proud of this record than anything I've ever done you know yeah like I feel like I finally figured out what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> so it's just I don't know, man. It's just—it's uh, just very different for me than any other album I've been
0: on. That's all. That's awesome, man. And and I got—I've been listening to it like you know qu- quite a bit, especially knowing I was going to talk to you. And uh, and and I, and I don't mean this negatively. I've had to turn it off a few times. Um, it's just a little fucking soul crushing, you know. It gets—it gets a little overbearing. Some, you know, sonically I love what I'm hearing, but then like I was like, fuck, I don't know if I can listen to this again without bumming myself out. Um, I know that's a weird thing. Maybe is I I don't know that I would ask if that's a goal to have that you want to get across with your music, but um, I don't know. Is that how do you, how does that how do you feel about having that kind of effect?
1: I mean, I am just trying to convey an emotion and a vibe, and how that makes people feel just depends on them. You know, there are records that are like. Super fucking harsh and their subject matter that I like love and will rock the fuck out to and shit. Right. But then there's other bands like Khanate who I'm not going to just listen to on like a Sunday morning at seven thirty. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, like Khanate is a band that is really hard to listen to unless you're in the mood. You can't put that shit on at any time. You know, we might be one of those bands, but there's a place for that. And Khanate is one of my favorite bands. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, uh, but then there's other stuff you know like i'll just listen to like if i just want to fucking vibe out there's some corrupted records that you can put on and just enjoy the doom you know burning waves you can put that shit on and and really enjoy it but it's like it's not like it's happy sounding at all or anything sure yeah
0: yeah i agree go ahead it just depends
1: it just kind of depends i mean i'm just trying to do one thing and how it makes people feel up to them
0: yeah that's i i, I hear you no, but i think it's i think it's actually uh i uh, i think it's I, I i really do mean it i mean it positively like it has a it's got an impact right where you know sometimes you just listen to records and you, then you flip over to the next one where i mean know, i would I,
1: rather people have an emotional response to it than not
0: right right i'll tell you that, I'll tell you that right um so do you, when you, you mentioned like this is a, a really emotional record for you. Do you feel like when you're writing music for Primitive Man that you need to be in a certain headspace or is there, or, or are you able to just pick up your guitar and go if you're, if you're feeling it?
1: Um, I mean, you know, we have practice every week the same days. So it's like I can just show up and work on some music and try to create what I think sounds good and same with, you know, working with those guys and that whole thing. We have a goal with it, you know, so we kind of know what we're going for, for the lyrics though. You know, I can't just like willy nilly write out some shit. Right. Like it has to come, come from the the heart, you know, I mean the music comes from the heart definitely, but the, the only thing I think that I couldn't just jump into is lyrics. So a lot of times it's the last, piece of
0: our songs. <coughs> so. Sure, you're never starting with lyrics. It's, but I imagine, um, I mean, I've only, I've, you know, been in a band and done lyrics in the past, but I always found that I needed the music first. Um, but we were writing, like, punk hardcore stuff. This.
1: Well, I write independently, so I'll, I write all the time, even if there's no song for it. So right. I'll write stuff, and then I'll pick what fits uh what we've made do you know what i'm saying
0: yeah 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 it's 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 i think i think that's i think that's a reasonable process though and i think that you know it, it makes sense um at least in my experience and i think the the way i listen to music and yeah but um are you when you mentioned like the the heaviness of the record and you know that that it was an, an emotional thing for you. Did 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 writing this record uh, provide like the catharsis or therapy, or you know that you might have wanted?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I worked through a lot of stuff while we were writing it and doing it, and then to sit back and look at what we've made and just think about that time period helps you process it. Yes. Yeah. because because the, the the thing is, is that at the time, I mean, it's just so hard to me hard for me to explain. Like, at the time that we were writing the record, I was just, like, really fucked up mentally and uh through, uh through the whole thing, like, the whole time. And uh it's like, now that it's over, I feel a little bit of clarity that I didn't have in that manic, depressive-ass state of living. Yeah. So, and there's a certain amount of, like, insanity that comes from trying to complete a project like this as well so i think that when that release is all kind of provided at the same time is when you feel better but making it making the art itself making the arrangements to get it recorded and put out and shit is all really stressful so i don't feel good until it's over like like usually i feel good when we're about to hit the road and play these songs And I'm about to be Fucking free You know Yeah That's like When I can start to relax
0: Well Are you able to To listen back To this record Does, does Do you yourself I don't know Maybe you don't listen To your music at all I find some people do Some people don't But um, If if you listen to the songs On immersion Does it uh, Do you get a negative feeling or, I mean Outside of Outside of maybe Something you hear That you don't like well so
1: immersion is well, yeah, so immersion is different than any other record because uh, sometimes listening to songs will make me want to cry. yeah. And when we were playing them and rehearsing them, I will want to cry, but it's a very different record than previously. There's some songs on our last record, uh, like a couple of the longer ones that are really hard for me to do every time, mm-hmm. but generally, the rest of that record is okay. Um, but all of immersion is pretty heavy for me, you know? And so I think that I would need like a couple of years of playing those songs on the road and like doing that thing to where it doesn't bother me as much. That's usually how it goes, you know? Like you distance yourself from the problems you had when you wrote it through touring and and putting time in between the events, you know?
0: Well, that sounds like a... A, a, a better process than most people have you know it's a better process than i have to dealing with my shit i can tell you that um i mean
1: i'm like getting high and doing all this shit in between my man i'm just saying like this is, <laughs> you know this is what it's like <laughs> what it's like to you know trying kind to of get there with with the music side you know
0: yeah i hear you well with, with with um with not having the ability to do any of the touring right now um I don't know. I guess you can't tell how this is going to play out. But but with just speaking of all that shit with the pandemic and how did that how did that impact uh, the maybe the writing the recording? I don't know where where you know you landed on this shit. But how did how did this COVID fuck with Primitive Man this time around?
1: Um, Well, so we were in the studio for a week and everything really popped off. So one of the songs on their consumption is kind of like a summary of what it felt like to live in the country at the time. Oh okay. Um, So so I got to speak on it because this is when people were like panic buying groceries and shit. Just fucking chaos in the streets.
0: Yeah, that seems so long ago. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and so you know, so I so I got kind of got to speak on it then. Um, You know, then we recorded the record and whatever. And now we're just all kind of here at home trying to be safe Um, and all that shit. Uh, We saw each other for the first time on monday um and played a little bit and that was cool we're just going to kind of write songs because we can't you know hit the road so you know maybe when all this clears up we'll be able to like support immersion and support something else you know
0: yeah i think that's that's a thing that i've learned from talking to a lot of musicians right now throughout this whole thing is that uh the writing process for New records is certainly getting expedited because nobody else—you can't really do anything else, you know, other than do live streams from your living room. You can just <laughs> write new records, um, yeah. And you know, who knows? Who knows when everything's going to lift? I don't know how it is over there, but over here in Pennsylvania, it changes every day—whether we're opening up or shutting down—fucking uh, quite confusing, to be honest. I mean, it is fucked. I just wish that people would just do the right thing for 60 fucking days.
1: Like they're just like, they're saying to us, oh yeah, if you just like wear a mask and social distance and don't fuck around for 60 days, we'll be good to go. It's like, yeah, just try it.
0: Like, I'm, no,
1: sick no. it. I'm sick of this shit. It's like, can you just try it? No, like, what is the that, harm? You know?
0: that's that's <laughs> the, all right, that that's the, yeah. I, I'm with you, and that's what fucking cracks me up about it. I, I mean, it shouldn't be funny. Like, I shouldn't. My reaction shouldn't be to laugh at it. But like, you see, the, mean,
1: all you can do is laugh. Yeah. So fuck <laughs>
0: the the fucking you know? people protesting about wearing a mask. Look, I hate the fucking masks. I really do. But I fucking wear Dude. them. You know, like (laughs) yeah, I wear that
1: shit. It's not like I'm out there with my glasses all fogged up. You know, having to like work a little harder, harder breathing and shit. I fucking have them, man. Like I, I I hate them too, but I'm doing it because I want to get back to doing shit with my friends. Yeah,
0: (laughs) you know, it reminds me of when I was in like elementary school, and I used to, I used to cry when my mom would make me wear a turtleneck because I'd say it was choking me, like. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no way it was that bad, but you know, it kind of kind of kind of is. Yeah.
1: That's right because it's some fucking wimpy shit to not just try it.
0: <laughs> to have a like, piece of cloth over your mouth. It's suffocating
1: like,
0: Ooh. yeah, come on, man. <laughs> so um So yeah, uh the, I don't know, so when you get now that you got this record coming out in in the middle of all this, and you can't do, you know, some of the normal things that you would do with a record release, particularly tour, um, what are you most looking forward to with the, with the official release of Immersion? Well, I mean, it's just
1: exciting for people to hear it, and do they like it and that's kind of all i can really look forward to right now yeah <laughs>
0: that's true but you, you, you yeah. guys have been able to like pump out some some music videos and stuff right
1: yeah we have and uh you know i'm lucky that our friend neil went ahead and pulled all that together you know all the people on the crew and all the actors should have been wearing masks in the videos and to keep them safe and all this shit so it's kind of crazy to have to like Account for that, and where they're doing it, and how many people we can actually get. You know, there's been some obstacles, yeah. but I'm lucky that I have such like resource, uh, such a resourceful network of people who are willing to help us make it happen.
0: So. Well, that's awesome, and well, and I, I wanted to talk again about about that network that you have a little bit. Going back to when my conversation with with Ben like two years ago, um, when he referred to you as the Godfather of the Denver scene, how did you how did you fall into like such a such a well-respected role in the Denver heavy metal scene. He said to me, he mentioned that you've been booking since you were like 17 years old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super young. Um, But I really started doing it a lot more, you know, around like 2021. Yeah. So I don't know, man, you know, Denver wasn't cool back in the day. So I was like living at these warehouses and stuff and house venues for many years up until uh, I was 30, and begging bands to swing through Denver before there was legal weed, just being like, look, I know we're (laughs) surrounded by places that are not very cool, but you're on your way to California anyway. Why don't you just just give it a chance? And so, you know, this is me doing this shit for years. Then Denver became a cool place, and then I just kind of kept doing it. Like the scene just kind of grew, and I'm not the only one. There are there are other people, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, I have really I've thrown a lot of shows, <laughs> like and I and I've and I've and I've tried to help a lot of bands, and have like really tried to give back to this community, and and just uh, stay being a part of it. Like like I book at a lot of bars and stuff now, but I still book at DIY spaces and go to DIY shows, and, and I'm you know a part of that community. I'm just a little older now, so. I'm always want to hang out with young kids, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm I'm still, I'm still in, in the mix, you know.
0: Right, right, yeah. Well, you put in a lot of fucking time. Look, and uh, it's commendable. And it was funny that you, that you say before legal weed. How much did legal weed change the the amount of bands coming to Denver? Oh fuck, it's
1: insane. Like now, everyone he comes. It's here. night and day. Now you don't have to beg. You have to beg for shit. We're out here <laughs> trying to get the show, but like. I'm not here as an independent promoter, competing with people with money to get bans because everybody wants to
0: come here. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I'm still Pennsylvania. We're still is still you know a, a crime here, I guess. Or maybe it's decriminalized, but it, you know it's it's so it's funny. Like so you guys have been living that that dream for quite a few years now. Were you the first? Yeah. State? We
1: sure were. Yep.
0: It's a very proud sure. badge.
1: Uh, Hell yeah, dude! I love weed. I've been fucking smoking weed for twenty <laughs> fucking years. I was I was ecstatic when it was legalized. You know
0: it's do awesome. you, Do you remember the first time you got high? Yeah, I do. Do you? Do. Yeah. How old were you? I'll never forget it. I just got I, to... was, f- I was fifteen. <laughs> fifteen. I think I was like fucking twelve the first time I did. Which now, like as a, as a, as a parent, see, is a way too young. <laughs> like, yeah like that's my, <laughs> my stepdaughter's 13 you know what i mean she's younger she's older now than than i was then it's fucked up
1: yeah man i mean a lot of my friends were smoking weed before i did Let's see so like me holding out till 15 oh you were basically straight edge yeah you were you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know it was a feat for, for me to to hold out, but um, what happened was, is it, it my, my older brother kind of reminded me of what happened, so a friend of mine and I somehow got a hold of a bag of weed, and I told my older brother, I was like, oh yeah, we got some weed, we're going like, to smoke weed for the first time, he was like, no, you bring that bag of weed over here, you're going to smoke weed with me for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I went over to his house, and we got stoned, and Went record shopping and like hung out all afternoon and listened to music and it was fucking awesome. I had a, I had a great day, and that was it. I was going to smoke weed every day after that. <laughs> 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 you know? Well, but I was introduced to it properly by like someone you know, because my brother is sixteen years older than me, man. So he 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 did the right thing instead of trying to scold me for this. He's like, no, we're going to fucking do it right here. You're going to learn about it here, not with some kids, you know, you're going to be safe here, so I don't know. I appreciate that now, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I was I was fucking hiding in farmer's fields, you know, and doing weird shit just to smoke a quarter of a bowl with with 13 people, you know? So. Fucking sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that
1: too, but I, did, I got to do it the first time and really figure out whether or not I, I you know, how it was going to work for me. Okay.
0: That's awesome. Well, the, 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 well, no, I was to say the, the, I'm not going to bother, but we could go down a long rabbit hole with a weed discussion, but I don't think that's necessary right now. But I want to, I want to go back to to the record at least here a little bit. We'll wrap up. Wrap up. Um, it comes out on Relapse, right? You've been doing working with Relapse for quite a while now, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much since the beginning. Yeah, It well, came out on um, Throatrender and Mordgrim first
0: and then relapse re-released it within a year cool and and uh it's like you said august 14th um oh it's great i've listened to it several times over and over like i said almost too much it's kind of boring a, a hole in my skull um in a good way and i think i think that's what what you want um yeah but i don't i don't know is I don't know what else, what more to say about it, but uh, but thank you for doing this and for having this conversation. I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, man. Thank you for having the interest and checking out the record. I'm glad you liked it.
0: Of course. All right, Ethan. Take care, man.
1: Yeah, take care.
0: All right. Let- that was my conversation with ethan the song there at the end was called entity and again that's off of immersion which came out today august 14th that's the date right that's the date you're listening to this if that's the date you're listening listen to this then it came out today if uh, you listen to it august 15th then it came out yesterday If you listen to it august 16th well it came out two days ago you get it all right i don't need to step you out every day i think you can understand uh but thank you for listening to that conversation thank you to ethan for having that conversation with me. Um, it's always an honor to speak to a godfather, as, as, as we mentioned. Um, but yeah, so um, if you haven't heard that album yet, I suggest you go listen to that now. You probably should listen to that uh, before you listen to this, but it's okay. It doesn't matter what order you're doing in. Nobody's keeping track. You don't got to tell anybody. That's really important. You don't need to tell anybody everything that you're doing. Uh, more people need to take that advice, myself included maybe. Um, but that's going to be it for this one. Lots of stuff coming. A few interviews I don't want to tell you about because for some reason I like to keep that one close to the chest. So uh, you'll just have to tune in next week and see who it is. Um, I think I got a pretty good idea. There's a couple done, but I'm not sure which one it's going to be, but I think you'll like it, especially if you like this one. If you like Primitive Man, I suspect you'll like what's next. Um, But yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, Go to the Instagram page at getting underscore, it underscore, out underscore podcast. Um, The Twitter at getting it out pod, which is very rarely used. And there's a Facebook page, facebook.com slash getting it out podcast. If you want your music played on the podcast, like I'm about to do here within the company of serpents, then just send it in. Um, If you're listening to this and you're like, hey, those bands that he's playing at the beginning and end, they don't really need any promotion. They got enough promotion. Well, then send me your songs. I'll promote them instead. All right. That's how it works. I don't mind. I would rather play stuff sent into the show. So if you want to do that, I'll happily do it for you. Um, but yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Getting it Gettingitout.net coming some year. I'm not sure which, maybe 2022, but we'll get there. Um, that's it for this week. Here is, um, what's the song called by In the Company of Serpents? Again, the band is In the Company of Serpents. The album is called Lux. The song is called The Chasm at the Mouth of the All. Maybe there's more to that. Maybe my, maybe mine got cut off, but that's what this one says: the chasm at the mouth of the Awe. And uh, this band's really cool. If you if this is the first time you've heard them, then I highly uh, suggest you go back and listen to a couple of their other their earlier records. I think they were on twenty bucks spin for a time, but I do believe that this most recent album came out on their own. Uh, so certainly go support them. There's a link below in the show notes to their Bandcamp page where you can buy their record. You should do that please do it. I'm telling you. I'm not even begging you. I'm telling you. All right. That's it for this one. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.